Welcome to the Hope Athletics Orange and Blue podcast. My name is Alan Babbitt, Sports Information Director here at Hope College, and uh, looking forward each week to bringing you uh, interviews with different uh, Hope College uh, coaches and staff, and uh, so we get to, to know the people that uh, lead our, our teams, our, uh, our student-athletes. Uh, here with me today is Dave Brand of the men's soccer program, obviously a different-looking summer than any he's encountered in his distinguished coaching career, but... Uh, one I know after being visiting a practice last week there, he's determined to, to make uh, the most out of, and we'll get to know the, the Flying Dutchman soccer team. And Dave, you've had a couple of weeks with your guys. Just take us through this team and, uh, you know, what do you see that you have as you uh, practice this fall? So I think this is um, it, it's sort of a big turnover change over time for the team. You know, I think the last two years um, – what was a little bit more uh, kind of what I inherited here. Um, we've got a big and I think quite good and quite uh, going to be impactful 2020 class. And I think that's brought a different feel, if that makes sense. And so really right now the team is half returners um, and half freshmen uh, when transfer as well. So uh, new guys. And so, you know, that, that can be good, bad, or in the middle, depending on the, the team, the situation, uh, et cetera. I, I think for us, um, you know, number one, it is what it is. That's our situation. But number two, I think it's a really good thing. It's it's an excellent 2020 class, uh, highly committed group of returners. And I think it's been a, a good mix and a really interesting couple of weeks. With that, uh, as you sort out what this team, talk about your style and, and what you want out of your soccer team and particularly this group as they evolve, it was fitting in new pieces and, and finding that. What, what do you look to have this soccer team be able to to turn into and how they're going to play the game you know I, I think the last two seasons um, <clears throat> we've we've sort of established uh, a general style of play um, uh, fast high tempo high pressing skillful uh, hopefully intelligent uh, that's what we're shooting for for sure uh, playing on the ground you know playing uh, quote unquote uh, good soccer, but attacking soccer at a very high pace. And so, you know, the, those, those are sort of the, the umbrella generalities and, you know, that I'm always tweaking systems and that sort of thing. And so we, we've done a little bit of that, but, but, but the umbrella stuff remains the same, but I think, you know, I think the, the, the critical thing that we've worked very hard on, not only these last three weeks, but frankly, the entire off season, the entire focus of the summer conditioning program, um, I, I just really rate and value through the roof um, the power of will, um, the impact of mental strength, of mental toughness. You know, once you get to a certain point uh, where you can play the game, you've got good players. And, and you know, I, I, we're not the most talented team in the country. I, I mean, we're not. And I tell our guys that regularly. Um, that, that's just a fact. But we, we do have enough talent and we are a good enough team right now to compete with anybody and to play. And so I think, I think when that happens, you enter the realm, uh, at, at least the way I operate. I don't know how to do it otherwise. If somebody else does, obviously more power to them. But for me, the, the, um, just the issue of being mentally fierce and mentally stronger and more cohesive than any other team. And you know, some of this borders on cliche, but, but the reality is, I, I think for me, there's a very high bar for what mental strength, mental toughness is. Um, I, I just know it to be the key slash secret ingredient to becoming a champion. And so um, th that's been a huge focus for this team uh, over the last number of months. And, and frankly, to get uh, slightly philosophical on you and anybody listening, I, I think 
the things I'm looking for are a natural battle in this culture, in this day and age. Um, far be it from me to be some sort of uh, old school guy talking here <laughs> like back when I was young. But it, it's a challenge for everybody, just given human nature. And I think it's a harder challenge in 2020 than it was uh, 15 years ago and 30 years ago, just, just by virtue of it being a you know, we all live in a, in a pretty good and pretty uh, entitled society. And those things with that just unconsciously work against the things that I want and the things that I think are important um, to create not only a winner, but just an out and out champion. So um, big agenda. We got, we got lots going on. With establishing leadership and that and having that kind of culture, obviously when it's player driven, it makes a, a big impact and, and goes as we've seen, goes a long way. The leadership of this team, how do you sort that out to establish that and to get it something, obviously, you know, everyone's important, but every team seems to have some leaders that really help, you know, push the team forward. What, what, do, you yeah. do, what do you guys yeah. work in there to kind of have that so that's building as you progress this season? Well, yeah, and there's, there's a lot in that question, and obviously it's a relevant um, and good question. I, you know, I, I'm uh, – my first season here, we just didn't have captains. I mean, I was the captain. And, and people can like that or not like that. I felt that was what was necessary. To have had captains would have been pure sort of show just to have a couple of guys we can say are captains. And I'm, I'm a pretty reality-based guy. And I felt at that point the reality was um, I didn't need anybody um, sort of trying or pretending to be a leader. It, it was, and again, this can come off how everybody, anybody wants it to come off, but look, they, they just needed to do what I said. And, and of course, Hey, look, I needed to do a good job with that. I mean, the responsibility is on me then. And if I don't, that'll come out in the wash as well. But you know, I, that, that has progressed and evolved and um, leadership is partly about captains and team leaders. And so we've got three captains um, this year um, as we did last year that I think, are the right guys to do that. Um, so two seniors, Dominic Byrne and Ty Dalton, um, and then a, a junior, Ryan Flynn. And, you know, I think those guys are de facto the team leaders in the heart of the team anyway, and um, have good relationships and um, just open lines of communication with me. And so I think that's a good situation. That being said, I've always been a really big person for, um, I, I'm not a great captain person. And, and even in the past, um, at, at Messiah and at Navy, there were seasons I didn't have captains. There were seasons I had one captain, seasons I had four, seasons I had two. So, you know, I, I, I go by feel and intuition a little bit. And part of the reason that I've done that in the past is, um, you know, my strong philosophy is that everybody in our team, in essence, essentially needs to do things that captains do. And that, that may sound uh, odd or different to some, but it's the way that I've operated, um, uh, you know, the way we define leadership, it's accessible to everybody. It's not only accessible to these upperclassmen or whatever it happens to be. And so, you know, like I said, I've done different things. I think in, in most cases we've had captains and that's, you know, normal and appropriate and that sort of thing as we do now. But I also, there's also a high bar in our team for expecting everybody to lead um, by being responsible for themselves, first leading themselves and then doing things to sharpen not only themselves, but other players on the team. Once you get that sort of mentality bought into, all of a sudden there's this expectation that everybody's a leader and it, and it, and it doesn't necessarily become an upperclassman or a captain thing. Um, but then my final point would be, you know, what, what you said. I mean, the, the transfer of the vision and the belief uh, from the coach to, share, to, to, to a shared 
burden for that, if you like, with the players is really critical. And any coach knows that. Um, you know, we call this buy-in or sharing the load. I sometimes tell the guys when I feel like it's not where it ought to be in that category, I'll look at them and I'll say, you guys are heavy. You're on my back right now. I have to carry you. I'll do it, but you're heavy. It would sure help if you guys started, you know, standing on your own two feet and running and, you know, feel free to carry me. <laughs> I'm willing to carry, but I'm not opposed to being carried, um, if that makes sense, figuratively. And so, you know, I think we're right in that process where um, in a bigger and better way um, than the two years I've been here so far, and it's a process, uh, guys are being to understand that that's necessary, that I, you know, I certainly can't play for them <laughs> and won't. Uh, and so um, it's necessary not only that they do that work, but just emotionally and in terms of their will and who they are, that they are carrying this load. And so I'm, you know, I'm thinking and I'm certainly hoping that transfer is happening now. One of your former players here at Hope has joined uh, the coaching staff this year, Ryan Woodside. Uh, talk about him and what he brings uh, to, to your staff and to this team, and also obviously returning Tyler Robinson and goal. This, talk about that dynamic and how they're assisting uh, you with uh, you know, shepherding this team. Um, <clears throat> Ryan Woodside, um, affectionately known as, as Woody, um, uh, to anybody who doesn't, doesn't know him, but uh, he's been a huge <clears throat> sort of pick-me-up. Now, now, weirdly, he joined the staff um, <clears throat> early last March, and for anybody thinking of doing the math in their head, that was uh, both a good and a really crummy time to join anything, right, uh, last March, because um, to be fair, he got a couple weeks of just sort of meetings with me and doing some things, but he got exactly two days of spring practice before COVID hit. And so it's been this odd sort of waiting period uh, with Woody having been part of the staff for a while now. But, you know, we finally got to start training here a few weeks ago. Uh, it was sort of a long time coming, um, given the fact that he'd been here since March and, um, you know, was ready to join the staff. But he He's been, he's been a huge addition to us uh, just with his, um, you know, the, again, it's sort of cliche, the word passion overused. Woody just cares deeply for the program. Um, he was sort of a part of some difficult years um, uh, in, oh gosh, whatever it was, uh, 15, 16, and 17, his first three years, was a, uh, a senior-to-be when I got here in 18. And I think just really cares for the direction of the program. And, and that's, to me, his biggest and best coaching quality. So I don't know how that sounds, but to me, that's a quality that probably matters most um, when you break it down. Uh, sure, he, he was a good player. He's tactically adept. He's an aspiring young coach, all that good stuff. But he just cares deeply about the program. And um, even though he's not a Hope grad, uh, Tyler Robinson does as well. Tyler Robinson, by the way, played at Michigan State, our goalkeeper coach. Uh, but married a Hope women's soccer player. So I, I hope he gets um, points from anybody listening on that. He's one of us. Uh, uh, he, for, Good for smarts. Lots of, Good smarts. Exactly, exactly. So, but, um, but I think it's just a really good combination. Um, you know, the, the guys love both of the assistants uh, just sincerely and deeply. I, I think we're good foils off of each other, the three of us. And sort of the different roles um, we take and different approaches. And then both guys are really good at what they do. So we, we just need a chance to work together. I mean, we are working together, but uh, when we're finally allowed to play and that sort of thing, as everybody knows, then we'll be really excited. With, uh, you t uh, allude to that with uh, the unusual fall with no games this fall and uh, the practice, 
Um, obviously getting news uh, today from the MIAA about what the spring competition is going to look like. How have you approached this fall in your time with the guys to, uh, you know, obviously had to pivot to a different, you know, without games there to have once or twice a week. But what have, what have you focused on with this fall to try to help this team uh, develop and, and progress the way that you'd like to see them progress? You know, I think we're in an, a slightly unusual situation. Um, you know, certainly not the only team in the country in the situation we're in, but we, we were going to be very young anyway. And um, so, you know, the, the silver lining, so to speak, if there is one in the situation, because um, n nobody wants not to play. I mean, nobody's happy with this, of course, and we would never choose this. But um, given the fact that it's a reality, I, I think it's, it is a unique opportunity for us. It's, it's essentially a redshirt year for a very young and I think reasonably talented team. And I think if you put both those things together, I do think um, it has not taken much convincing from me or much smoke and mirrors or whatever to convince the team that, that, that we've, you know, we're doing something here and we've potentially got something here and we've no time to lose. And so I think there has been a huge sense of urgency and intensity um, that might be harder to produce or might not exist, say, if we had a junior and senior laden team who'd had a good amount of success and this sort of thing. And now, you know, we, we've got to ride it out and try to get better over whatever, a full semester at minimum, possibly a full year before we can play again and this sort of thing. And so I just think given our situation, um, as young as we are, um, really no seniors anyway. I, I mean, the seniors we have have more eligibility. And so uh, that's a strange situation, too, that we're all dealing with. But it's a very young team that, that knows they have a chance to be uh, pretty good, um, but knows they're not there yet. And so I think it's a great situation for us. We, we've been super busy. And, you know, for anybody listening that knows the guys or the team, um, the guys trained extremely hard all summer, um, played, you know, ran their tails off, and, and we've just picked up where they left off. And so the fact that there's not games right now is a big deal, but has been somewhat tangential to us. I mean, we've sort of kept our heads down and done our thing. With the word, how often are you practicing now? And uh, yeah, just kind of talk, describe that. What's the situation like? Yeah, so, so 114 days, you know, for, right. with the yeah, NCAA rules. New NCAA rules uh, with the possibility of, of games in the spring and um, the allowance of increased practice time, uh, all of which I'm absolutely thrilled with. Uh, that's awesome. Um, we have to be careful not to use all our allowable practice days in the fall. Uh, what we're doing, I mean, to answer your question exactly, uh, we train on the field uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and twice on Saturday. We go Saturday morning and Saturday night because that only counts as one day, and we can because it's a Saturday. So uh, that's great as far as coach is concerned anyway, but I think our guys have been great with it. Um, with strength training, uh, kind of an intense strength training session on Thursday, and with also some strength training uh, after the soccer on Monday and Saturday morning. So that's three times a week. Uh, Tuesday is either off uh, or a meeting day. So uh, we're taping this on Wednesday sitting here. You know, we, we met just about some sort of team culture things uh, yesterday on Tuesday. So that may or may not happen. So, you know, one way or another, we're, we're being a little bit careful with our days, using our soccer time well, but the guys are, are super busy and that's the way we're going about it. 
Now, I think uh, from what I understand, it's going to be about 50% of what you usually will be in the spring. Uh, when we get to spring and hopefully have some games, what do, what do you hope to see? What are the opportunities are they going to provide in the spring when you do get a chance to finally play somebody else? Right. Well, I mean, and just to clarify for people, we normally uh, get only um, one spring um, out-of-season game allowed. Um, <clears throat> that's a different subject. I can share my thoughts on that some other time, if asked, Alan, if asked. Uh, <laughs> you didn't ask. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, and first of all, um, spring is not a given for anybody with what's going on with COVID. Um, you know, I, I think there's a hope that we can play, certainly a hope that winter and spring season, you know, teams that are in season can play at hope. But if we get a chance um, and are able to play, <clears throat> between five, seven, nine games, that sort of thing. I, I do think that's possible. I don't know that it's probable, but I do think it's possible. And um, if we get a chance, I mean, that's going to be a, a fantastic chance uh, for us to put into action and, and to the test uh, all that we've been working on through this fall. And, um, you know, people maybe know, some people maybe know, but, but you know, it goes without saying then that if we play nine games or less, I think the way it is, it saves a year of eligibility for everybody. So that plays into your question. It, it just kind of free games from an eligibility standpoint, a chance to gain more experience, to put into practice, and again, to the test, um, the things that we've been doing. And so it would be a huge bonus, frankly. I mean, I, and, and look, everybody wants to play. And so uh, we're, we're dying for it to happen, but we'll see where things go. Obviously, during these challenging times, uh, you know, we all kind of finding our ways to keep ourselves sane. Uh, obviously, soccer is a big part of your life, big part of, you know, kind of who you are and how you think. But I imagine there's some things you enjoy doing to get a break and relax a little bit. What does Dave Brandt do to relax and, uh, you know, take his mind off maybe uh, soccer for just a few minutes, maybe? You have my wife answer this question and not me. But since she's <laughs> not here and you asked me, I'll do my best. Um, she would, she would, uh, she would bust out laughing. Uh, what do I do to relax? Um, but it, but Hey, it's not best for, I, I struggle to relax, but, um, it works for me. Let me say that. Uh, I think it fuels me and, uh, it's worked okay so far, but no, I mean, um, yeah, of course it's been a, a strange time, but I think regardless, um, we've learned that, uh, sort of the West Michigan late spring and certainly summer and early fall uh, are, are just unbelievable weather-wise, and we're very much outdoors people. So um, <clears throat> we love to hike, um, occasionally go to the beach, but just hike, be active, walk, be outside, bike, that sort of thing. And so what, what a wonderful time. And, and um, during the summer, uh, when we do have extra time and what a wonderful place to be because, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not from here, as I think people know, more from the East and Mid-Atlantic. And I'm, I'm telling you, uh, this area, which everybody in Michigan and the Upper Midwest knows about, um, nobody where I'm from has any clue how amazing it is out here. So we spread the word, we tell them, and they're just like, really? Wow. I had no idea which was the boat I was in. But yeah, it's that. Um, uh, you know, you and I chatted uh, before we recorded the call. Um, our, our dog, Gracie, is somewhat infamous already, certainly among the soccer teams, men and women, if not uh, to an extent on campus, because um, she's a 10-pound, half Bichon, half Shih Tzu, and uh, she's just uh, part of our family. And uh, we, not that she's at every practice, that's not true, but it's a true story. She was at the team meeting yesterday, and that's not unusual. So she says goes and says hello to the women's team if, if they'll 
if, if Lee will not interrupt their practice, but if Lee Sears will have it, uh, she'll say hi to some of the girls and then uh, hang out during our meeting uh, and uh, kind of uh, say hi to the guys while we meet. So uh, it's a bit of the alter side of me. The guys know <clears throat> I've got my coaching voice and I've got my Gracie dog voice and it's, uh, it's a never ending um, sort of uh, source of uh, comedy and intrigue to them. They're still trying to figure me out, but uh, yeah, it's that realm of things. What, have you always been a dog person or? Oh, yeah. yeah. So the, the, the deal on us and my, my wife, Diane is as well. I mean, I had dogs growing up. Um, so did Diane, I think for the most part, but our, our entire married life, we've had dogs, most, most of which have been much loved, but utter failures. Um, uh, failures on our side. We didn't train them well. They were food driven, sort of too much about themselves, had to leash them, you know, all the time, whatever. <laughs> so that's what makes Gracie the best. Uh, she, she cares about nothing other than being with us and pleasing us. This is the great thing about dogs, right? Uh, she's apparently a little bit better trained. And uh, yeah, she's just our buddy, goes wherever we go. So, you know, at, in our old age, we finally hit the jackpot and gotten it right after having dogs. Uh, she also doesn't shed, you know, oh, with no oh, offense to any shedding that. dogs. Uh, that's big. I, I'd about, we, we had shedders growing up. And uh, so I felt like I had a vacuum tied to my hand most of the time. Uh, around the house but yeah you know hey eventually you stick with it long enough you get it right so yeah, yeah exactly right. well good well thanks Dave it's been great to chat with you and uh good luck this fall with your team and yeah fingers crossed we'll hopefully have some games to to watch and uh, see this uh young exciting team uh hopefully sooner than later sounds good thanks Alan appreciate it thanks Dave